What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Built Different Podcast. My name is Zach Clinton. I'll be your host. And as we continue to grow, I'll have friends joining me each week to interview some of the leading experts in the fields of motivational speaking, mental health, ministry, and even sports. Our goal is to instill hope, encouragement, and motivation in and through your life today. And our prayer is that after each episode, you'd be more equipped and encouraged to look, love, and live more like Christ from the inside out. That's our definition of what it means to be built different. So I hope you're ready. You better buckle up. Let's roll. What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to this week's edition of the Built Different Podcast. You guys, as always, I hope and pray you had a blessed weekend and I hope you're having a great start to your week. We here at the AACC are now two weeks removed from our most recent 2023 AACC No Hope, that's K-N-O-W Hope, World Conference that we were able to host at the beautiful Gaylord Opryland Hotel in Nashville, Tennessee. And let me tell you guys, if you were there, you saw it, you witnessed it, but God showed up and he showed off in powerful ways. From the plenary sessions, to the luncheons, to the workshops, to the dinner theaters, I mean, to the exhibit hall that had hundreds of ministry partners of ours here at the AACC, God was in the midst of that story, and it was remarkable and incredible to see. That being said, at the event, we were able to collect several conversations with some of our plenary speakers and some of our workshop leaders that are just experts in the field of ministry and mental health care. Last week, we were able to release that first episode from the event with Pastor Mark Batterson, who really dissected and unpacked for us his newest book, Please Sorry Thanks. The three words that can change everything. My prayer, if you haven't listened to that, is that you would go back and listen to that episode, not just to hear the importance of those three words, but to also hear the benefits of what can happen when we implement those three words into our daily lives and also into our relationships. This week, my friends, we have another very special guest joining us for a powerful and impactful conversation on what it looks like to create a safe haven marriage. Our guest today is a dear friend of ours. She's really like family to all of us here at the American Association of Christian Counselors. She's actually on our AACC executive board. Her name is Dr. Sharon May. Dr. Sharon is the founder and president of Safe Haven Relationship Counseling Center. She received a PhD in marriage and family therapy and a master's degree in theology from Fuller Graduate School of Theology. It's also a certified EFT therapist and supervisor. Her dissertation and consequent research work has focused on EFT, attachment theory, and the importance of healthy and strong marriage and family relationships becoming safe havens. Over the years, Dr. May has been featured on several radio programs such as Arguing with Dr. Sharon, Focus on the Family, Family Talk, and as well as television shows such as Life Today. Dr. May has published numerous articles in psychological journals, and she's also contributed several chapters in marriage and family books. She has two books of her own, the first titled Safe Haven Marriage that we'll be discussing today, and the second being How to Argue So Your Spouse Will Listen. She's a blog contributor for Family Talk. As I mentioned, she's on our AACC executive board, and she's also an adjunct professor at Azusa Pacific University. She's traveled worldwide to speak at conferences and to train counselors across the globe. Raised in South Africa, her act accent and sense of humor make her one of the most engaging and powerful communicators and speakers you'll hear and she also shares life and work with her incredible husband mike dr sharon does so much but one thing that she loves more than anything is walking alongside of individuals and couples in this marriage and really just relational construction and restoration process today 
We're blessed that she was willing to give us some time to really unpack. Like I mentioned, her very first book, which is a bestseller, she had the opportunity of writing it alongside of her great dad, who is Dr. Archart, and he is a man that truly is one of the pioneering leaders in our entire Christian counseling space. They wrote this book together back in 2002. The book is titled Safe Haven Marriage, Building a Relationship You Want to Come Home to. Why do we believe this is so important to unpack? The reason is because creating a safe haven for each other in a marriage can enable a couple to weather any storm. Yet that accomplishment is certainly easier said than done. Thankfully today, with Dr. Sharon's expertise on the topic, she'll present us with a detailed blueprint for establishing a marital safe haven so that couples can count on each other and avoid criticizing, blaming, and shutting out their partners during the inevitably tough times that will come. Our prayer in and throughout today's conversation is that it would foster a greater sense of commitment to your relationships as well as establish the necessary elements and ingredients where a lasting and fulfilling relationship can flourish. My friends, without further ado, let me introduce you to a dear friend of ours here at the AACC, Dr. Sharon May. Dr. Sharon, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, thanks for having me, Zach. I'm so excited to be here. I am so excited to have you. I have looked up to you for quite some time, many, many years, let's say that. And today we're going to be diving into a really imperative topic, something that you're incredibly passionate about. You wrote a book with your dad, our chart, years ago, back in 2002, I believe, Mm -hmm. titled Safe Haven Marriage, Building a Relationship You Want to Come Home to. I'm excited Mm -hmm. to unpack all of that with you today. But before we go there... Today we are gathered at the Gaylord Opryland Hotel, Nashville, Tennessee, for our AACC No Hope, that's K-N-O-W Hope, right? Because Hope is a Person World Conference. The excitement is building. It's incredibly exciting. I wanted to share, though, a quote just up front by your dad, because I think it is really significant into why we're here. He said that a lot of us have a PhD understanding of human behavior, but a Sunday school knowledge of biblical truth. And I believe that's the significance of why why we gather together here at the AACC. Sharon, can you just help us understand the significance of an event like this for such a time as this? Oh, absolutely. Not only is it very electric and exciting to gather thousands of people together, Mm -hmm. like-minded, we're all looking for knowledge, information, understanding, to be able to pass on hope to others. And for a time such as this, we need to not only build our own inner strength Mm -hmm. as um, godly counselors, but we also need the wisdom to know how to take it to the hurting people around us. So it is so exciting to be here. (laughs) It really is. And it's a time of, like we've been talking about, to educate, to equip, Mm -hmm. and to encourage the hearts of individuals Mm -hmm. that have been called into this ministry. It can be a lonely field sometimes, and sometimes we do us injustice by siloing ourselves off, but coming Mm -hmm. to a place like this where we're together, like you said, and we embrace that sense of unity, it's incredibly exciting. It is. Dr. Sharon. So exciting. I know one thing, as we've been talking about, that you really um, understand and you try to emphasize in your ministry alone is the significance of relationship. 
I believe that from the beginning of time, God clarifies, even in his word, in Genesis 2.18, right? He kind of gives us a halt where he says that for the very first time that something was not good. When he says, for it is not good that man be alone. Dr. Sharon, we were made to love and be loved. And you talk a lot about creating safety or a safe haven within our relationships and within our marriage. I'm interested today, just up front, what are some of those ingredients or those intangibles that really create and foster the safety that we're looking for? Absolutely. And you're so right, Zach, that God created us to be in relationship with him. He longs for us to be living in his shelter, Mm. Psalm 91. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I'll say, you're my God. You're my safe place. Mm. You are my safe haven. When I'm connected to God, no matter what's coming in my life, things are going to be okay because I'm not alone. He sees me, cares for me, and is with me. And God says, you know, I want you to stay connected to me, but also I've put you on this earth to be in relationship with other people. Mm. And others become our safe haven. And our first safe haven, of course, is with our parents, with our caregivers, those early relationships. And those relationships, our experiences there, Give us the template uh, and those early ingredients of, and, and educates us, teaches us, shapes us as to who we are and how lovable we are and how others will be there or not and how we can reach for others and find this safe haven and live in this safe haven. And so God says, stay connected to me, but you've got to love well each other. And you've got to be in relationship with others. You know, whether or not uh, we're dead or alive seven or nine years from now Mm. is based on the quality of our relationships. Do we have someone we can say, you're there for me? I can trust you with my heart. You're emotionally available, physically available. You're there. And I know you'll care for me. You'll respond and relate to me in a way that considers me. And that's the ingredients of a safe haven. We need it, and we need to be it for those around us. Others need us. Even if you're going through the grocery store and you see a mom picking apples, just, you know, choosing apples at the... That's right. Um, in the produce section she needs someone to say hey how's your day going Mm -hmm. I see you've got your little ones that's tough you'll get through it Mm -hmm. we all need that connection of people whether it's um, a, a kind word but we also really need to know that our caregivers our parents and then our spouse yeah will be our safe haven, will be there for us. Mm, That's so good. Just talking about being seen, right? Being heard, being understood. And it starts, like you said, in the time of infancy, really, right? Attachment frameworks, I've heard, can be developed by the age of two. A lot of research is even showing that they begin within the womb. It's fascinating. And speak to that for a second, just the internal working models and how attachment, even from a young age, kind of impacts and influences our view of self and then our view of others as well, if you could up front. Absolutely. You know, God uh, beautifully, amazingly created us. And lately, with this explosion of knowledge about how our brain develops, Mm -hmm. lets us uh, really understand uh, the incredible creature we are that God has created us. And what we understand is that our brain develops in the shadow of our relationships. And our brain... um, we can learn how safe people are or not. And so 
um, in those early relationships, the way our mom and dad look at us or respond to us, uh, meet our needs, but also give us the boundaries and the rules and the values. And like, no, that is not what uh, a good person is or (laughs) does or, you know, speak. Don't just have a temper tantrum. Mm. You know, let's understand what you're feeling and I'll be there for you. But you can't just kick and scream. And those parameters shape who we are. And we take those internal uh, models and those early experiences into our relationships. Mm. And so we take how mom and dad related to us and caregivers and coaches and and, um, friends at school and teachers Mm. that we say, yeah, I'm I'm a good person. I'm not perfect, Mm. but um, I can get the love I need. And if I do something wrong or someone hurts me, I can go back and repair. It's gonna be okay or not. Or I have to be really cautious and walk on eggshells or shut down because no one's going to see me Mm. or I've got to pursue anxiously Mm. or I have to stay fearful because at the end of the day you might not be there you'll hurt me and so we take that into our adult relationships and specifically we take that into marriage absolutely and we really need to get to know each other's Mm -hmm. uh, internal working models I call them dragons yes Um, those dragons that Mm. tell us, are you safe? Are you not? Mm. How do I need to relate to you to get the love I need or to repair or to protest what's going on or Mm. to protect myself? Mm. And that's what we bring into love. Right. And those things can sometimes be really heavy, right? It can almost be like baggage or heavy luggage that you're carrying in, right? If it's not done well in those early years. And I know, like you had mentioned, kind of that support challenge continuum. I always say that the best leaders, they know the difference in the balance of love and accountability. Like you're saying to parents, right? If there's a lot of love, no accountability makes for great relationships, but in a sense, no standard of excellence. If there's a lot of accountability and no love, it makes for really no relationship which can lead to exhaustion and burnout and you know frustration at the end of the day as we continually unpack this idea of relationships and safety we understand that if relationships are so sacred in the eyes and in the heart of God right then all hell will be against them especially I think in marriage especially in you know with our spouse and just with our familial aspects as well When we talk about, you talked about the ingredients of what creates and fosters a safe haven, but I think that a lot of people, Sharon, they go into relationships with all the right intentions, but they kind of lack the necessary disciplines, right? And they begin finding themselves losing at love. For you, Dr. Sharon, you're on the front lines. You work a lot in this relationship construction process with a lot of individuals that are kind of have marriages that are on the rocks. What are some of the ingredients or some of maybe the culprits that really work against love and relationship? That's a really good question, and you stated that so well, Zach. You really have um, your thumb on the heartbeat mm. of of human beings of the everyday person and you're so right on in marriage we we marry hoping that we will find true love Mm -hmm. and that those feelings of true love will last throughout our marriage and it'll just be there because I'm in love Um, but the only thing is when we marry someone and it takes two years for that those uh, that oxytocin and all the exciting Mm -hmm. hormones that 
connect us, um, they sort of dissipate and real life comes into play. Mm -hmm. And who we really are and who our spouse really is comes into play where we now have to do real life with our everyday clothes, so to speak, Mm -hmm. and our everyday person. And we also have to do life with our dragons. Mm -hmm. And we must remember that God created us to have a relationship system in us. So all the time, our relationship system is scanning for a danger. Are you there for me or, or are you not? Mm-hmm. And God designed it so that we will stay in relationship and that because relationships are so vitally important to our well-being. Yeah. So we're always unconsciously alert. Are you there for me or not? So everything our spouse does or doesn't do is sifted through this um, part of our brain, our emotional part of our brain, saying, are you there for me or not? Mm. So when our spouse, say, uh, leaves the coffee mug 12 inches from the dishwasher on the countertop, um, our amygdala, that part of our brain that holds the meaning and safety of relationships, Mm. is scanning going, well, what does it mean? Does that mean he was safe for you or not? Mm. And depending on my dragons, depending on my life experiences, I might say, you know what? Everyone in my life expected me to do things. No one saw me. Mm. And it wasn't important to anyone. And you know what? I wonder if him leaving that coffee mug, expecting me to do it, means he just forgot. Yeah. He's just rushing out to work. He just savored that last sip of coffee and just left a cup there. Or mm-hmm. he is taking advantage of me, doesn't right. value me, wants me to do all the work like I did growing up mm-hmm. uh, for all my younger siblings. And our amygdala, where um, fires up, you know, sensing danger and puts the meaning of it. And if we haven't dealt with our own personal inner life, mm-hmm. that dragon is going to raise its head and the alarms are going to sound and you're going to react in a way that'll say you jerk you you left the coffee mug you don't care about me Mm. you you know don't consider me you expect me to do everything and that argument is going to get triggered Mm. with emotion yeah anger frustration and then our husband's going to go whoa um, I really appreciated the cup of coffee. I just mindlessly put it down. What is going on? Right. <laughs> and then the husband's going to get defensive. You know, the husband's going to think like, whoa, I can't trust you with my heart. You're not my safe haven. Um, I've got to walk on eggshells around my wife. Let me just go to work mm. and just maybe ignore her. She's not safe for my heart. And here you have two people starting on a very deep decline Mm. of disconnection. That's right. I can't trust you with my heart. You're not my safe haven. You don't consider me. Oh, I can't trust you with my heart. You're always on me. I can never do it right. And I need to just close up like I did growing up and back away. Mm. And now you have two people arguing over, you know, coffee mugs Mm. and the door being left open and arguing over these events but rarely deep underneath That's right. is this deep longing of, do you love me? Mm. And what do you mean by what you just did? Mm. Um, so it's almost these, these messages, right, that go even without being verbally communicated that we're constantly looking at and looking into because we constantly are asking those big questions. 
am I really loved, right? Because we all want to be known. We all want to be loved. We all want to be pursued. We all want to be seen in these ways. And when we feel like we're not, then all of a sudden it can become wounding or damaging to my heart. And people, like you said, two people that may have all the right intentions, they didn't mean anything by them, begin to send the wrong message or the wrong signal to one another. Yes, absolutely spot on and where a wife is just saying hey what did you mean by leaving the coffee mug Mm. um you know could you just put it just move your hand 12 inches into the dishwasher um you know i can have a legitimate request tell you how it made me feel Mm. and knowing we can repair this we can work this out Mm. Uh, but instead the husband just sees anger criticism and he responds to that not her heart right Speaking into that idea of we're constantly kind of scanning or speculating, what about the people, Dr. Sharon, who maybe are blinded by love, right? They're in the midst of a relationship, and they're just not picking up on some of the red flags, right? A lot of times we don't see those things until we're out of the relationship or we're pulled away from the the bigger picture, right? So we can see and scan the entire thing. A lot of times, though, people will gut it out. They'll stick it out for as long as possible. Maybe there's a lack of boundaries and other people see it, right? Dr. Sharon, like, hey, I got to tell you, right? I'm seeing something, even though you're blinded by it. What would you say to that person about how they can begin to maybe open their eyes to some of the hurts? What are the red flags that you would kind of open their eyes to? Mm, That's a really good question. You know, when people are dating and you fall in love and you get those feelings, that butterfly in my stomach. (laughs) You know, I remember the first time I saw my husband, I just looked at him and said, oh my gosh, Lord Jesus, he is drop dead gorgeous and then the <laughs> next love. oh my goodness I fell in love with those blue eyes uh, just immediately and then the next thought which is crazy was Lord am I going to marry him <laughs> you know good grief I've just seen this man for 15 seconds That's right great. And but um, and I was glad to know when he told me years later that mm. the first thing he saw me mm. uh, you know, thought when he saw me was you know this is a gorgeous woman and mm. you know I wonder if I'd marry her yeah. so I thought okay it was true love both ways <laughs> um, but that can be a trap because if you don't get to know each other. If you just enjoy each other, you're going to miss the deeper um, uh, aspects of each other and the deeper um, parts of each other and the the deeper walk of life Mm. and also the red flags. Get to know the person you're dating. Get to know their story. Mm. Get to know uh, what hurts you, wounds you, what triggers you, what sets you off, what makes you feel unloved uncared for and how do you react when those feelings arise and don't gloss it over or minimize it really look at it honestly and openly because many of us will go oh well you know he gets so mad when drivers cut him off but it's so (laughs) sweet when he gets so angry and I just put my hand over and tell him oh it's okay You know, it's like, whoa, you knew when you were dating that this man reacted to being hurt with anger Mm. and you did not get help. One wonderful thing, Zach, you know, that's why we're here, Mm. is that we can change as human beings. That's right. If we have that heart desire to be the best person God made us to be. Mm -hmm. And it's not that we have issues, is 
is whether or not we're willing to look at it, mm. face it, admit it, and grow. Mm. And is the person you're dating a growing person? Mm. That's a big question we all have to ask. Yes. Is the person we're dating a growing person? Yes. Somebody that helps me, pushes me, and propels me to heights that I couldn't go on my own. Absolutely. And isn't that that the story, God's story for us? It is. I want you to be the best you can be. Be in relationship with me and God will convict us. He'll Mm -hmm. go, "Mm, I don't think so. Mm -hmm. Shutting down and then being silent and sulking for days is not, you know, my child, the best you I want you to be. Oh, well, God, you should see what my husband does. Yes, I know, I know. But for you, shutting down and sulking is not the best you. You know, or just getting angry, slamming the kitchen doors. Mm, No, yeah, he knows now you're angry, but that's not the best you. It's not getting to the heart. What are you feeling? What do you want to say to have to be heard and understood? Mm. What is at the heart of what you want to understand? You know, stand up. Uh, find that voice and share it in a way that's kind. Uh, God wants us mm-hmm. to be um, smart in relationship, yep. to be kind and humble and patient and forgiving. But that takes character, Zach. It does. It doesn't just happen. As you said, you know, things that um, take intentionality. You had a great quote um, I read if we're not thinking about things. And being intentional, it'll come to me as soon as I'm finished with this interview. Yeah. But it was brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's that idea that what's natural early on needs to be followed by intentional later on to feel yes. natural again, right? Exactly. Yeah. And and to be a growing person has to be intentional. Yeah. Well, if we're just in love, it just happens. Right. No, to love well. Every day you have to wake up saying, how am I going to be my spouse's safe haven? Mm. How can I love them well? And then I have to to answer that question, Zach. Yep. We have to look at ourselves. Mm-hmm. How am I going to be patient and kind? Not a doormat. Yep. That's how right. can I speak in truth? What my complaints are, what do I have to uh, realize will never change, mm. and what do I have to say, no, I really want this to change? Yeah. No, and good. and I have to grow. I have to take responsibility for me, mm-hmm. and that's a a daily journey of that intentionality. And when we lose that, and we take advantage of our spouse, you know, oh, the same old husband, the same old wife, um, we lose that freshness, as you said. Mm. So good, Dr. Sharon. I'm Zach Clinton here on the AACC Built Different Podcast, sitting with Dr. Sharon May. We're talking about what it looks like to build a safe haven relationship here at our 2023 AACC No Hope, K-N-O-W, Hope World Conference here in Nashville, Tennessee. Dr. Sharon, as you've talked about, we're looking at the intentionality, the initiative, the investment that it takes to really pour into um, a healthy and a safe relationship, but oftentimes there can be just a lot of wounds. There can be a lot of damage that's done in relationships as well. I think of things such as abuse, neglect, infidelity, which then leads to anger, to bitterness, to rage, to disengagement, disconnection, a lack of trust, a lack of safety. 
Dr. Sharon, for you, you work with so many couples, again, that are on the rocks. You do a lot of marriage intensives, different things like that. What's your goal in a situation like that for a couple that maybe just has a sliver of hope? They're just holding on. They're praying for restoration. But what are you trying to get done in a weekend like that? That's a really good question. And you said the word abuse. Mm. If you feel you are being abused in your marriage physically, emotionally, spiritually, that you feel controlled, that you feel stifled, Mm -hmm. and that you have to hover in a corner, guard and protect, and you're not sure what's what's going to happen next, and you fear for your life or your children's emotionality, Mm -hmm. your husband uh, is, or your wife is just so volatile, get help immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is danger. That's right. And God has not created us to be in a relationship where it is dangerous, mm. abusive. You're not being a good wife or a good husband to stick it out. That's right. You've got to have wisdom, and God is saying, go get help. Mm. And maybe the first step of help is to step out of that home mm. and to go get help immediately. Yeah. Um, so that restoration could be possible. Um, Because first, you each have to be on a growing journey. Um, And then let's address that when I feel you have violated the bond Mm -hmm. where I don't feel safe, I've caught you watching pornography, Mm -hmm. you weren't there for me when I really needed you, Mm -hmm. you've had an affair. Mm. You know, how could you? Mm -hmm. I thought you and I were safe haven. Right. I thought when we said I do, that thick or thin, whether we are doing bad or, or, or good, that we were going to stick together and work it out, but you didn't. Mm-hmm. You went and had that one night stand, or you ha- now you're doing, you know, the coochie hoo with your secretary, yeah. you know, or the next door neighbor. How could you? Right. Now, what felt safe, mm-hmm. the one place I could go home to, right. knowing that you'd always be there, now it's not safe. It's mm-hmm. been violated. Mm-hmm. The very person I I came to is now the very person that's wounded me. Now, where do I go? You're not safe. My world is shattered. And then God, the story of the Bible, you know, is restoration. That's right. Is hope. Grace. Is redemption. Yes. Mm. Is that God says to us, you know what? You're like a person that's had an affair. And I have to forgive you. But you got to learn and you got to grow and you can't be doing this. You've got to figure out your deeper issues, yes. God says to us. And when you get it, I'm going to redeem you. I'm going to restore you. Mm. Or you're just going to repeat your pattern. And we know the Israelites, until they really learned their lesson, yeah. <laughs> they repeated yes, they their did. old patterns until mm. they got it. And so God says redemption is possible, but it takes a journey. And I do. I do. Uh, Couples come to me. I'm a marriage and family therapist. I work in an intensive model. So couples come for three to four days. And over those days, we unpack the hurts, the wounds, the disconnection, whether your marriage is sour, stale, or you've got betrayal. Um, We sit and get to the heart of things. We go through your story. We unpack it. We start that healing journey. Because it is possible to restore this bond. It is possible for two human beings saying, how did our marriage get to the edge of the cliff? That made an affair, a betrayal, you not being there possible. And we're able to understand it. We're able to get that 
personal responsibility, that personal growth, going, oh my gosh, you know, these are my dragons. This is how I got to fail and fall short. But where do I want to go now? I want to redeem. Mm. I want what was destroyed to be rebuilt. And I want to grow. And couples often are like when the Israelites went back to Jerusalem and in the days of Nehemiah and the walls of Jerusalem had been broken down as a consequence of their own sin. And they say, God, help us rebuild. Mm. Help us rebuild. Sometimes couples just need a Nehemiah to help them rebuild. Mm. And it is possible. That's right. It is possible. And we need somebody, right? We need to walk alongside of somebody in our lives. We don't have to just gut it out or do this on our own. You brought up a word in that last phrase and kind of conversation there, uh, which was forgiveness. Forgiveness is such a, it's a powerful thing, right? Forgiveness is freeing, not for the one that has done the abuse, but for the one that maybe has been hurt, that has been wounded. Yet there's a difference between forgiveness, trust, and reconciliation. The truth is, it can be really hard to let something go when we've been wounded or hurt so deeply. It's hard to become vulnerable again. But Dr. Sharon, why is forgiveness so significant in our relationship and in this healing journey towards restoration? Yes, and forgiveness with our spouse or forgiveness with someone else in our lives. We can forgive our coworker, you know, who submitted the report and didn't put our name on it and got all the credit. Right. We can forgive them. Uh, maybe we go to them and say, hey, you know, you didn't put my name on it. This really hurt me. Um, but I've got to work with you. I need to forgive you. But now maybe I, I don't trust you as much. I've got to watch my back with you. But I forgive you so that I don't harbor resentment and hurt and then live with an edge on my shoulder and with uh, then dig and passive aggressive. And I don't want to become that person. So forgiving someone, but forgiving our spouse is part of the journey of true forgiveness with our spouse is when our spouse is able to say, I see what I did. I see how it hurt you. That I take responsibility for what I did and I understand why I did it and that's not the person I want to be. And not just because I hurt you but because of whose I am. That's That's not who God has for me to be and I want to be a better person. And I'm going on a journey of understanding my anger or my dragons and my issues and how I get my needs met and, you know, what I do when I don't feel loved or seen or cared for and what I feel I'm entitled to and how I react. I'm on that journey. Mm-hmm. And when your spouse is on a becoming journey, you can then risk to rebuild trust. That's right. Because you are trusting they're on a journey of growing and becoming who God has for them to be. And their, their co-journey now is the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. is God. And now I can be a part of what God's doing in their life, and I can journey with them. Mm-hmm. And forgiveness and restoration can happen when you're just like, well, you know, my wife cheated on me, and I just need to forgive her, and we've <laughs> just swept it under the rug. Oh, no, no. That's right. It'll come back. Yes. You will hold resentment. Mm. You will have an edge toward her. That is going to come back and it's going to hurt. That's right. And so we need to go on a restoration journey so that we can clear the air and really risk to trust. Or we'll be trusting with an arm up, with distance, and with resentment. And it's going to wound us. Mm Mm-hmm. 
we're going to hold on to the poison and eat a little spoonful each day. That's right. That's it. <laughs> you know, and it's going to wound us. And so we need uh, to uh, have someone help us if we can't do it on our own. Mm. And that's wisdom. That's wisdom. Having growth partners, having mentors, having counselors, having a, a therapist, a life coach. Um, that is wisdom. And if you don't know where to turn to, email us yes. here at uh, Safe Haven Relationship Center. We'll help you. Uh, contact AACC. That's right. That's you know, right. there are so many people. There's over 7,000 people here this weekend or this week mm-hmm. um, longing to help people who are hurting, broken, stuck. Um, who are getting skilled and trained in how to do it well. There are people out there who want to come alongside and help you grow as a person, help you rebuild your relationships with your parents, your children, your co-workers, Mm. and in your marriage. That's so good. And I love what you said about making sure that your spouse is in that journey of growth and development and progression and wants to, you know, wants to change, right? There's a difference between just apologizing and repentance, like actually turning around and doing something different. So that way, then we can risk to trust again. Dr. Sharon, before we kind of come to a close and we wrap up, I want to ask, what are just a couple of things for maybe a couple that's watching this interview right now and they're interested, what are some like homework assignments or takeaways that we can begin doing today that are practical things that could maybe foster a sense of communication or connection or restoration for us? What are some of those little tidbits or tips that you would give them today? Oh, that is such a good question. I'm so glad you asked that. You know, if we wake up every morning And instead of reviewing complaints we have about our spouse, Mm. you know, oh, he's probably going to be late for work and he's going to make a mess in the bathroom and (laughs) she's going to be on me and, you know, she's probably going to spend too much money. And, (laughs) you know, instead of ruminating, uh, because we have so many things we can complain about Mm. our spouse about, wake up each morning saying, how can I love my spouse well? How can I be a safe haven? Uh, Because if our spouse feels loved by us, Oh, their heart's going to be softened. They're going to have grace for us. They're going to see our intentions as positive. All is going to be good or much better Mm. when our spouse feels loved. So wake up in the morning with happiness, Mm. with a smile. Research shows that laughter and touch melts the heart, makes you feel cared for, uh, increases trust. So wake up in the morning and smile at your spouse and go, I'm Mm. so glad I got you. You know, and then go reach over and touch your spouse. Gently mm. kiss, kiss your wife on her forehead. Yeah. It's a very intimate place. Mm. You know, kiss your wife, kiss your husband on his neck. You know, he'll melt. Mm. Now, after your spouse has fainted, going, oh my gosh, you're waking up happy, <laughs> not like grumpy, like, where's my coffee? Don't talk to me until I get my coffee. You know, um, then, and you have that touch point. Um, bless your spouse as they leave for the day. Yeah. Hope you have a good day. I'm going to be thinking of you. Really? You're going to be thinking of me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're important. I may not think about you as I'm in my meetings, but at lunchtime, yeah. I want to remember that I'm glad I've got you. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, that's going to melt hearts. That's right. Or anything I can do for you today that will ease your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and when your spouse comes home, Greet them at the front door. Yes. Like you're excited to see them. That's right. Even if you're mad, like, I can't believe that coffee mug is on the counter again. Mm-hmm. Don't come home going, yeah, hi, yeah. You know, you can, can't you see I'm busy with the kids? You know, can't mm-hmm. you see I've had a full day? No, say, I see you. Mm-hmm. 
and I'm glad I've got you. That is so powerful and centering. Smile. Uh, I wish I could do a whole podcast on the art of smiling. Yeah. Um, and the art of humor, you know, saying, um, bringing in laughter, bringing in a little bit of joy, um, touch, humor, um, smiles, and just saying, I'm glad I got you. Find out what your spouse uh, really likes to feel centered. I love my back scratched or and my oh, head yeah. scratched yeah. And, and my back padded. And my husband says, like, well, it's not going to change anything in life. I said, I know, but it's centering. That's right. Okay, well, I'll pat you back and scratch your head and kiss you on the forehead. And it's like, oh, it's like a nice cup of tea. It just makes me feel good. Find out what that is about your spouse and do it often. Mm. And, and whatever complaint you have, just do it with kindness. Mm. Um, it'll go a long way. That's good. That's really good, Dr. Sharon. Be intentional. Yes. Take the initiative yes. and make the investment every single day. Say that again. Oh, Be intentional. Yes. Take the initiative and make the investment every single yes. day. Something that yes. you just said that really stuck out to me and what I always try to practice with Evelyn, my wife, is I, I realized that early on I was doing a lot more assuming than I was asking. Right? I was assuming that I was loving her in all the right ways rather than asking, hey baby, what in what ways can I love you better? In what ways can I support you in these moments today? Yeah. And like you said, that really opened the door and kind of opened my eyes to, hey, you know what? I may have been doing it with all the right intentions. I may have been trying my very best to love her, but maybe I was just doing it in ways in which she wasn't willing, you know, or wanting to receive in that moment. So just by empathizing through inquiry, by asking her those questions, I've realized has really been significant for us in our own marriage. And I appreciate you sharing some of those tips and tidbits because I'm going to use them in my marriage every day, Dr. Sharon. Something uh, that we always love to do as we close is we love just kind of leaving the door open for our guest to share a pressing word that God has placed on their heart for such a time as this. One thing I know, Dr. Sharon, is that healthy people are what make healthy relationships. For the person out there today who maybe feels a little bit broken, maybe feels a little bit inadequate, maybe they're in a rough relationship, what's just the word of hope, encouragement, and motivation that you want to leave them with today mm -hmm. to kind of live a built different life on the road forward? Oh, that is so good. You know, no matter where you are in life, in your relationship with your husband, your spouse, your children, or even if you're single, just longing for the pain and hurt of marriage because being single feels so lonely and, and hurtful, you know, start with you and God. That's right. You know, God loves you so much, and nothing is going to separate you from the love of God. And God has a future for you, and it's filled with hope. Mm. And God wants you to become the best you. He wants you to be centered. He wants you to see that you're valued, that you've got meaning in life, that you count, you matter, mm. and that he's so glad you're alive. Start rebuilding your inner core, your center saying, I'm little old me, living out here, you know, in the cornfields, you know, or in this big city, but I am worth something, and God is glad I'm alive. And start there, and then go out saying, God, you want me to love well. You want me to love my parents, my children, my husband, or somebody well. How can I do that, Lord? How can I be a safe haven? 
and just start slowly in those small things. I'm so angry. I'm so resentful. I'm so disconnected. How can I just be kind? Mm. How can I just slow down and be softer? And how can I be just a little more vulnerable in saying, I don't want to argue this way, Mom. Sisters, I don't want to be disconnected from you. Mm. You're the only sisters I have. Hey, hubby, uh, you know, we did choose to marry each other. Whether or not we should have, whether or not we'd ever choose each other again, let's try and see if we can make it. Let's try and see if we can find something sweet. I'm going to start by being kind. I'm going to start by trying to love well. And and God is going to be my helpmate, my friend, my support, um, um, you know, my resource to start doing that, mm. to love well. Just know you're listening, you're watching, you are important. Right. You're a great person. Um, God has something for you, mm. and he wants you to love well. And remember, when we get to heaven, uh, what's going to be most important is how we've loved. That's right. It's how is we've how loved. we've loved. Mm, that's so good. Dr. James Dobson says, life will trash your trophies. All that matters in the end is who you loved yes. and who loved you. Dr. Sharon, where can our listeners and viewers go to find out more about you and all the incredible work that you're doing? Oh, thank you for um, allowing me to do that. They can go to our website, safehavenrelationshipcenter.com, mm. and there you can email us. You can touch, uh, get connected to our resources of intensives, of building um, a community for those who want to learn how to work with a safe haven model or be a part of our growing um, your personal life. Mm. And so safehavenrelationshipcenter.com. Safehavenrelationshipcenter.com. I challenge all of our listeners and viewers to go there. Dr. Sharon, I believe you're a life changer and you're a world changer. All of us here at the American Association of Christian Counselors, I'm speaking on behalf of all of us. We love you and we appreciate you. All of the work that you're doing, your ministry, just thank you for your time and your willingness to join me on the show today. Oh, thank you so much, Zach. What an honor to be with you. Man, you guys, what a powerful and just impactful conversation with Dr. Sharon. We're just so blessed, so humbled, and so thrilled that she was willing to join us um, for just an imperative topic and just being able to understand what it looks like to create um, a safe haven marriage and create a marriage that you really want to come home to. My friends, three things really stood out to me about what Dr. Sharon had to say that I wanted to just leave us with today as they were on the forefront of my mind as we close. The first is just this idea that yes, marriage, relationships, yeah, they take time. They take those three eyes that I mentioned, intentionality, investment, and taking an initiative. And they're going to take hard work and take sacrifice. Of course, those are necessary ingredients. But at the same time, my friends, like Dr. Sharon was stressing, don't neglect the fact that relationships, marriage, it needs to be fun. It needs to be lighthearted. There should be joy. There should be laughter. There should be positive experiences and moments that are felt and known in and throughout your relationship and in and throughout your marriage as well. It shouldn't just be hard and difficult. It should be fun and exciting as well. What I always tell couples Three things. Make sure you take that daily delay where you're, you're pausing, you're getting to know each other at a deeper level, actually understanding what's going on beneath one another's behavior, what's going on emotionally, seeing them every single day. So that's a daily delay. Number two is a weekly withdrawal. 
do something out of your typical routine. Get out of the house. Prioritize a date night. Do something fun to continually stoke the flame of romance and intimacy within your relationship. And the last thing that I'm going to say is an annual abandon. Make sure that you guys get out of the state. Get out of the country. Go on a vacation. Do something exciting. Go on an adventure together. Never stop learning about one another. One thing that we do know is this. Complacency and stagnancy, that is the enemy to growth in this life. And we never want to get to that point. We want to constantly be investing in our relationships and doing those three things. Daily delay, weekly withdrawal, annual abandon. Number two, this idea that not only you, but also make sure that your partner is on and committed to this process of progress, or in other words, committed to the process of growth and development in their own personal lives. I always think of it, even spiritually speaking, you think of that triangle where they have God at the top of the triangle, and then they have you and your spouse on the bottom corners. The closer and the more you're pursuing God, the closer you're actually getting to one another as well. Make sure you both are committed to that pursuit and that process of progress. I also love what Dr. Sharon said in terms of if you've been someone that's been hurt and wounded in relationship, maybe it's by your spouse specifically. One thing, of course, that's a natural ingredient that's necessary in all relationships is forgiveness. But the second thing is trust. Sometimes you can forgive somebody without trusting them right away, right? Without forgetting what happened. But I love what Dr. Sharon said. It's when we recognize that our spouse is committed to that process of progress, when our spouse is committed to growing and developing themselves into the best version of themselves, to a better husband and to a better wife, that's then when we are willing then to risk trusting again. But we have to be committed to that process, my friends. The last thing I wanna leave you with today is this. You may be somebody listening today, maybe you're listening with your spouse, or maybe your marriage and your relationship feels like it's on the rocks. Maybe it feels like it's too late, maybe it feels like it's too far gone. But I wanna remind you of is Dr. Sharon's words. There is a Nehemiah out there, somebody who is trained, somebody who is skilled, and somebody who cares that wants to come alongside of you and remind you that you're not too far gone and that it's never too late. My friends, I think that Dr. Sharon is a modern day Nehemiah where she is helping people find restoration. She is helping people rebuild walls and barriers that may have felt broken in the first place, but she has a gifting and a calling in a ministry to come alongside of couples in the midst of their brokenness to find beauty in the midst of the ashes. And what I love about her is that she views it as sacred ground because she understands she's not the one that brings change and growth and peace and power, but it is only found in Christ and in Christ alone. My prayer is that you would find a Nehemiah today, like Dr. Sharon May, who would be able to point you back to your ultimate source of peace, of growth, of development, which is found in God because we serve a God of restoration. We serve a God who has the redemptive and resurrective power. And my prayer is that you would recognize that we serve a God who delights in impossibility. My friends, no matter where you're at in your marriage, you're not too far gone and you can still create and foster a safe haven relationship and a safe haven marriage that you desire and that you ultimately deserve. My friends, that's my prayer, is that you would go and you would find that Nehemiah and that you would understand that God loves to use people as conduits through which he channels his messages of hope, encouragement, and motivation. Don't be afraid to ask for help. Don't be afraid to reach out. Don't be afraid to seek somebody's guidance in the midst of your mess. Because people, I'm telling you this from a counselor's perspective, somebody who's worked and walked alongside of countless marriages, people want to help you guys. Don't do this life alone. 
My friends, as always, I just wanted to thank you again uh, just for joining us, for coming alongside of us for today's conversation. From all of us here at the American Association of Christian Counselors, we love being a part of your life. And our prayer is that you would consider joining us next time as we have another powerhouse of a conversation and guest that will be joining us right back here next week on the Build Different Podcast.